There is no other podcast like this, so proceed with caution as we challenge your beliefs by providing the forbidden information kept away from you and your family by modern medicine so they can keep you on the path of drugs for anything and drugs for everything. Hundreds of years of preventative medicine have been destroyed by Big Pharma. We're in the dark ages of true healing. After all, it's not just about living long, it's about living well. If your continuing search for answers has led you nowhere, you will find the truth here on the Forbidden Doctor Podcast. Now prepare to have your consciousness explode into the next evolutionary stage of human existence with your hosts, Dr. Jack and Mary Stockwell. Stockwell. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Jack. And Mary. And we're here with episode 69 what is the third leading cause of death and the little here on autism revisited? It, it all entails the third leading cause of death because this is really shocking what the third leading cause of death is. But before we get into that little commercial here, this lady called me the other day and she said her relative has been taking thyroid hormone for about four years. She's been so frustrated because it hasn't helped her thyroid at all. Every time she goes to the doctor, they, her doctor says her thyroid hormone's bad. I mean, her numbers are bad, and she keeps upping her Synthroid or Armor. I'm not sure what she's on, but she's taking hormones. Because her thyroid numbers are worse, he keeps upping the dose. Yeah, because she was so upset. Well, but, but, but isn't this supposed to help the thyroid <laughs> and bring the numbers down? Yeah, see, hormones don't heal. So, but, but, you know, she's never thought the thought, never thought the thought, hormones don't heal my thyroid. I, I see this on movies and TV all the time. Well, I'm taking thyroid hormone to heal my thyroid. How taking a hormone can heal your thyroid? If people thought that through, uh, it's stunning to me. But, you know, I well, never anyway. thought it through forever. So anyway, so this lady that I was talking to on the phone, she gave her relative of hers Four, well, she gave her Aegis Thyroid, our new product, Aegis Thyroid. She gave her four a day. Well, she gave her the product, and she said she took four a day for one week. One week before her new endocrinologist appointment, she did all the testing on her thyroid, and she was shocked how much her thyroid numbers had changed for the better in just one week of taking Aegis Thyroid. Well, that's remarkable. Yeah, one One week. week. Yeah. And so she called her up and she said, I've been taking this thyroid hormone for four years and hasn't done anything. And I took these for one week and my endocrinologist oh, couldn't so believe it. So when she says it hasn't done anything, it hasn't improved the numbers. Right. Yeah, because a synthetic hormone isn't going to make the thyroid work better. It's supposed to take the place or any hormone. of a defective thyroid. Yeah, even if it's armor thyroid. Th- yeah. uh, hormone. Armor thyroid. Well, it's closer to, you know, human and, tissue. And it is better because it helps you convert T4 to T3, unlike the Synthroid does, but it still does not heal your thyroid. In fact, it makes your own thyroid gland atrophy. Wow. So in just one week, she took four a day. She goes and gets the new thyroid panel done, and her endocrinologist is amazed how much better her numbers are. Yeah. Wow. Do you think he asked what you were doing? <laughs> well, you know, a lot of times they don't want to get into it. They'll, If they're a good, honest doctor, they'll say, well, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Yeah. This brings us into our weekly feature. Oh, yes. The forbidden secrets they don't want you to know. These are the secrets, things that they keep from you, the dumb things they tell you, and the really important things they just know nothing about. And speaking of that, we got a brand new article <laughs> Um, It is called Utah's Autism Rate Plateaus After a Six-Year Surge. 
It just came out just barely, and they said they do not know what causes autism. In the article, it says there is no known cause. And I think that six-year surge, I think, went from like, if I remember right, it's like about 150 to what now? 58? 68. 68. One in 68. One in 68, yeah. So that's, yeah. Boy, that's quite a search. Yeah. Um, it also said that Utah boys continue to fit the autism criteria more than four times higher than girls. Yeah. Wow. And then the article goes on and on. I, I'll put the link at the end. But it says research has not revealed a cause for autism. So things they know nothing about. Now, when it says they have no cause for autism... They have a lot of suspected causes, but when they say no known cause, are they looking for one just general? This is the like this cigarettes is, cause cancer. Yeah, that kind of warning they could put on because they know that you know, there's several things that are going on in a woman's body well, before birth and right after birth, and in the infant's body right after birth that definitely will make changes in that baby's mental capacities. Well, I'll zip ahead then to an article that I was going to bring up. Sure. Um, that says a study asks, too much folic acid, a cause of Oh, that autism? just came out. Yeah, these are all brand new articles. It says pregnant women who take too much folic acid could increase child's odds of developing autism. Well, how important is folic acid? It's very important. Well, it's- the spine won't develop properly. We know that women who are deficient in folate during the during the earliest stages of pregnancy, which in my opinion is preconception mm-hmm. into conception mm-hmm. and thereafter, there will be spine formation problems if they don't have folate. Yeah, the folic acid. And so they're saying if you get too much of it, it's going to cause autism? Yes, but what they're basing this on is synthetic... Vitamins, well, yeah. chemicals. Yeah. Let me find the article here because it was down here. Here it is. It says, folate and vitamin B12 levels found in the blood of about 1,400 women. These doctors found that these women who had high levels of folate right after giving birth were twice as likely to have a child who developed autism. Because doctors have recommended pregnant women take a multivitamin containing 400 micrograms of folic acid daily. Yeah, and we know that folic acid did not come from liver. It did not. It came from a laboratory. Yes, and that is... Now, there's this really striking thing here, Mary. They're looking at something outside the child causing the autism. It wasn't the child that was consuming folic acid. Although it was getting it mm-hmm. through, you know, mama's nutrition supply, through mm-hmm. the bloodstream, mm-hmm. through the umbilical cord while it was developing as a baby. Mm-hmm. But this is, this is striking. It, this really got my attention because they're looking outside of something intrinsically taking place inside the child, an outside factor. Yeah. Which is what we've maintained all along. Well, it's completely dependent on the health of the mother. Okay, so there's another article here that I'm jumping ahead again. And it's an article that just came out last week. And it says, Nutrition for a Healthy Gut, Prebiotics and Probiotics. Okay. So I was so excited. You know, I was reading all about these pregnancies and what we should feed our mothers before we get pregnant. And it talks about a healthy eating pattern for a pre-pregnant woman 
is typically plant-based foods because they are higher in fruits and vegetables. Well, yeah, of course, they're higher in fruits and vegetables, legumes, and whole grain. They also include fish and seafood, so that was good, and modest, a modest amounts of dairy and lean meats. Oh, boy. Is that the saddest thing ever? Oh, boy. And so <clears throat> they called them these plant-based foods, nutrient-dense plant foods. So what I want to bring to you, the forbidden information that everybody should know, that nobody knows, is from Dr. Catherine Shanahan in her book called Deep Nutrition. Uh, she, she has a graph in there, and she shows an apple, a liver, and a broccoli. And she shows how much vitamin A vitamin B, vitamin B2, vitamin B6, how much folic acid, folate, how much vitamin C, niacin is in each one of these foods. So let's take vitamin A, for instance. Vitamin A has seven micrograms. International uh, units. International, yes, excuse me, international units of vitamin A. An apple does. An apple does. A liver has 10,602 international units of vitamin A. Wow. And, and the liver's even better because it's already vitamin A because the cow has converted this beta carotene into vitamin A already. In an apple, it hasn't. It's, it hasn't converted. It's not even vitamin A yet. No. And then, and then the broccoli. Well, it's the same thing with a carrot. <clears throat> We're always told that there's vitamin A in carrots. There's no vitamin A in a carrot whatsoever. Right, it's just... Just the precursors to a vitamin A that still have to go through your liver for conversion. And your gut has to convert it also. So vitamin A, international units in an apple, 7. In a liver, 10,600. In a broccoli, 261. Right. So when you eat liver where the conversion took place, it's already ready for your body to use the vitamin A immediately. Yeah. And, yeah. and that study would never say eat liver, good grief. They say lean meats, let alone organ fatty, or fatty organ meat. Yes. And then folic acid, folate, they have that on, Dr. Shanahan has that on the graph also. It has four milligrams of folic acid in an apple. It has 217 milligrams in a liver. And in a broccoli, it has 108. So there's quite a bit in a broccoli. I mean, there's half, almost half the amount in a broccoli, but you get no fat and no protein. So you're still 10 times better eating a liver than any of these. And then you would not double your rate of autism if you ate a whole food like liver. Or you can take liverplex, which is a little easier to take than eating liver. All right. So there's another article. This is where I was going to go to. It's called, it just came out last, oh, two weeks, uh, about eight days ago, I guess. Are you healthy enough to be pregnant? And this is an article that talks about you need... Well, somewhat. It talks about you need to get healthy before you get pregnant. Wow. What an idea. Yeah. Except the things they tell you to get healthy with are just very, very sad. And um, Now, why a, are they very, very sad? Because there's a picture. First of all, there's a picture with this article, and it shows a beautiful woman that looks like eight or nine months pregnant holding her belly, and she's holding an apple in her hand. And this beautiful white kitchen, there's a grocery bag with all these foods flowing out over the grocery bag. She's holding an apple, and on the table, there's peppers and bananas and celery in the bag and tomatoes and broccoli and then some other weedy-looking thing over there. <laughs> it, I don't know what that is. It looks like a large rosemary It does. Herb. <laughs> But that would looks be looks like a, some of the weeds in our backyard. Yeah, this is pretty bad. But it in in here, 
it talks about a great way to address health concerns and lifestyle concerns before you conceive. So you can make, you need to make these changes that lead to a healthier and safer pregnancy. This, this nutritionist says many times it's a little bit too late to address these health issues. Once conception has occurred. Well, I agree with that. Um, at a pre-conception appointment, which they recommend you go to, your doctor will take stock of your total health picture and ask, are you eating right? Are you overweight? Are you underweight? Are you a smoker, a drinker? Do you have a chronic disease? Is that chronic disease under control? What medications are you taking? And are you getting enough folic acid? And are you up to date on your vaccinations? Probably. And then it goes through and it says, why folic matters? Take a vitamin, a multivitamin, keep chronic illnesses in check. You need to, it says poorly controlled type 2 diabetes is a concern if you go into pregnancy with type 2 diabetes. But so you see how it doesn't say, you know, you ought to heal this. Yes. <laughs> it says poorly controlled. And then other chronic diseases that should be well managed prior to pregnancy. Because then they go on down there and say that it's okay to take depre- um, antidepressants while you're pregnant. It says most antidepressants are safe during pregnancy. They're considered one of the safer ones because it's better to stay on that treatment and stay stable during your pregnancy than to try to mess with or change your medication just because you're pregnant. Uh. Unquote. I, I mean, you know, nothing about you probably ought to fix the reason that you're like this. Talks about getting off the high sodas or caffeine. Um, you don't have to totally cut that out when you're pregnant. Nothing about getting your gut healthy. <laughs> Nothing ab- about how we, well, they say there's no known cause for autism. And how we know if your gut is healthy before you get pregnant, and then you have a, you know, you eat mostly meat, eggs, fish, and dairy while you're pregnant, eating organ meat or supplementing with organ meat supplements, your chances, and then if you don't, you know, interrupt the first three days of nursing and the first 20 days of nursing with some horrible vaccine or horrible, you know, the things they do, like not nursing, how about that? Then the chances of your baby being um, autistic were one in 10,000 just two decades ago. Yeah. Now they're one in 68. So. The, the, the things they don't tell you. So I commented on this. This was re- really sad. There were um, about five comments on this. And the last one, this poor lady writes this. Having done everything they recommended here with my current pregnancy, it still wasn't enough. I worked hard for three years to get healthy, be it a better weight, eat better eating habits, working out regularly, etc. The hormones that raged Right after conception, literally two days later, caused a flare-up of my chronic disease, and we are still battling it to get it under control five and a half months into my pregnancy. Thankfully, baby is doing fine despite it all. Sometimes it doesn't matter what you do to prepare. Your body will do its own thing once the hormones are in play. Now, isn't that the most ignorant thing? Your body can only provide what your body has to provide. Once the hormones are in play and pregnancy is underway, and, and that... Well, I feel for her because, you know, she, she did everything in this article. You know, she ate the thing. She lost the weight. She did everything that our medical society teaches us to do to get pregnant. Unlike Dr. Shanahan in her book, Deep Nutrition, which says you need to take four years to get your gut healthy and eat 70% of your diet 
as fat. fat. Right. Good fat. So I, I responded to this comment, but they wouldn't publish it. It said, your comment will be moderated and should show up in a few minutes. They never published my response. And this is so sad. Here's Tell what, me what you said. Here's what I said to her. I said, I am so sad you're having such a hard time in your pregnancy. I have no idea what you did to get healthy. But if you followed the woefully lacking advice in this article, then we are all in trouble. I also don't know what your, quote, better eating habits consisted of, but there's no mention of eating animal protein and good healthy animal fats in this article, nor anything about the pinnacle of preparing for a healthy baby, getting your gut microbiome healthy so you will not have an autistic child. The level of health advice we are given from the medical establishment is downright scary. Even the picture of this pregnant lady with only plant foods to build a nervous system, bones, organs, etc. just astounds me. How can you build a brain with bananas, lettuce, tomatoes, apples? There's no fat nor protein to speak of in those foods. Rabbits might be able to grow on that, but not humans, not little babies. And your hormones, sweetheart, I put her name in there, need a fat-rich diet. Fat, i.e. cholesterol, is the precursor to making hormones. Good, saturated animal fat, the most vilified word in America. I don't know if this will even do any good to say this. It's tough to fight City Hall, but maybe, maybe, maybe one person will read this and say, huh, maybe I should look into that. Because what we have been taught certainly is not working. And they didn't publish it. They didn't publish it. that's very good, Mary. So nobody heard that. Nobody saw it. This poor girl, it, it just breaks my heart, and hopefully she won't have an autistic child, but she's got some kind of degenerative disease right now. Yes. So, also, um, there's another article that just came out this week, and it talks, it's called Park City Schools to Make Changes After Shortages of Nurses. So, Park City is right close to Salt Lake City, if you all don't know, that are now, listening. What, what, the school needs nurses, or they don't even have one nurse? No, they just need more nurses, because this mother in here says um, she has been called to her school six times this year to administer insulin to her child because she can't, I mean, nurses have to administer, you know, a teacher can't administer insulin. And so let me find this article. Here it is. It says she's been called to this elementary school more than a dozen times over the past year to give her six-year-old daughter insulin because no one else could. She also talked about a little boy, Wesley, who's 10 years old, who also has diabetes and attends the school, too. Her, his mom is afraid to leave the school parking lot. Gee whiz. Because wow. there's, I mean, it, it, the saddest thing. So why aren't they concerned with all these kids having diseases and obesity and diabetes rather than being scared to death they don't have enough nurses to administer all these meds to all these kids all day long? Yeah, why do we have eight kids in a class of 30 that have diabetes? My high school had 2,000 kids in it, 2,000 for four grades. We had about 500 kids per grade when I went to high school, ninth through 12th. We had one nurse. Yeah, we didn't have a nurse And I think she spent half her time reading Life magazine. Yeah. So why is it, you know, there may be articles like that. I mean, I've read some of them this week, you know. Wow. 
but they say there's no known cause for autism and there is no cure. So I want to read a well, little... That, they say that over and over there is and over no again. Cure. There's no cure. This we Utah, have no cure. There's we another don't know article. what causes it. We're still doing research. We need money. We need time. We're going to find a cure. We're going to find a vaccine. Oh, cure for, for breast sake. cancer, yeah. You, there's a Utah Treatment Center for Autism in Utah. In fact, I think we have several of them. We have so what many. What do they autism. say? They say there is no cure for autism. Absolutely But not. we've seen so many respond. Well, that's what I'm going to read you. I'm going to read you really quickly a little story. It's called Never Give Up on Your Child. My son Jake is three years old and has been diagnosed with, a, with autism. He's extremely intelligent and an affectionate little boy who's incredibly capable in so many areas yet has extreme difficulties in others. Most specifically, the boxes he ticks off are the usual suspects of autism, tantrums, meltdowns, and inappropriate public behavior and in social situations around children. I'm completely uninterested in a world of his own. As a parent, to watch this is heartbreaking, not to mention the stress we have felt in coming to terms with his autism and learning to cope with it. Our Savior so far has been us stumbling upon the GAPS diet, completely by accident. Starts off here, and he talks about how Jake was a brilliant eater. His first 18 months were just amazing to watch. He says, we never bought baby food. We made all our food. He consumed um, home-cooked meals with huge amounts of vegetables, fruits, meats, chicken, fish. He loved it all until he was about 18 months old, and it all changed. Now, she doesn't say in here what happened, but typically 18 months is that other article we talked about when we talked about autism months ago on our podcast was when they get their shots. It got to where he would only eat bread, toast, and bananas. That was it. He would not eat anything else. So when they stumbled upon the GAPS diet, they decided to start it. They prepared everything. She said the first week was a living nightmare. Jake would not eat anything we gave him. For four days, he consumed absolutely nothing. Standing in the kitchen watching your three-year-old crying and begging for food was the hardest thing we have ever had to deal with. The tears were endless as we watched him literally waste away. In only days, he became horribly thin, pasty white, and with a look in his eyes like we were losing him. Mm, Now, I can just stop right here and talk about a patient we have right now. That's the reason I got interested in this. Right now, this lady's doing stage one with her son, who was adopted. Right. And he had had antibiotics the first day of life. Yeah, no nursing. A mother chain-smoked, apparently just like your mother when you were pregnant, when she was pregnant with you. Yes. And she's trying to do cap gaps, although he's five years old, which is a little bit harder. And he's lost eight pounds. He will not eat either. So I sent her this article to help her out. And in this article, I'm going back to it, it says it's quite common for children to totally stop eating during stage one. She said for hours we would cuddle a weak and skinny little boy and talk to him about the importance of eating and what we were giving him and trying to explain that we were helping him to get well and to trust his mommy and daddy. This was too overwhelmingly difficult, and I cannot explain the amount of tears shed in our home over a week that seemed like it lasted m- oh months. Goodness. Now, we- he would, they could immediately have gone back to the toast and mm-hmm. the bananas, mm-hmm. and the bread, mm-hmm. but they did not want to do it because they really believed in this she wanted, thing. She said, here, I want to bring back to us the beautiful little boy who had gone away. Oh, I've heard mothers yeah. use that very term. When they, they, He was here, and then he went then away. He, then he went away. Yeah. So she said, after a week, 
a week, she said, suddenly, sitting down at the table with yet another bowl of broth, Jake opened his mouth with no fuss, and in it went. He downed the entire bowl along with several others to follow. For the next ten days, we simply could not make enough. This husband that was writing it said, My wife Polly was making such enormous amounts of stock and broth that as quickly as it was made, it was gone. He was an eating machine. Wow. He, he said, once we had progressed through the first couple of stages, Polly would make, in some cases, a week's worth of stew for Jake, only to see him polish it off in one day between breakfast and dinner. My goodness. From that point on, it didn't matter what we gave him, as he would eat it all and more. Then they go on in the article and say that, you know, all his tantrums have significantly decreased to a very manageable level. His meltdowns, which he had several times a day, are now perhaps only a couple per week. His complete intolerance for drops of water on his fingers or even on the ground has all but gone. He loves to play in the baby pool, and squirting him with the hose is what he loves the most, and it's a pleasure to watch him. He is nowhere near as hyperactive as he was, and more often than not, he's very calm and more able to express his feelings like never before. She said, he said, what we went through in the initial stages was unbelievably difficult, and I'd be lying if I said there weren't several times I wanted to throw in the towel and give up. Well, that's what that lady said yesterday that we were talking to on the phone. For You must have communicated with her for an hour or two because she said, Mary, I, I, I can't do this. i got to give up. Well, she was scared he was going to die. Yeah. I mean, she said he's lost eight pounds. He's got dark circles under his eyes. He's thin. He can barely pull himself up to the toilet to throw up. Apparently, he was throwing up yeah. because his little gallbladder couldn't handle this fat. And anyway, I said, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to give, take him back to bananas and cereal and toast? Because that's all he would eat either. Some About of the four foods. Toast and cereal, some of the least nutritious yeah, food what on the are planet. you going to do? I said, you keep offering him the broth. You keep offering him the broth. Give him a little bile salts to help with the fat. Although he wasn't even eating any, so he was just dry heaving. So he said, what we went through in the initial stages was unbelievably difficult, and I'd be lying if I said there weren't several times I wanted to throw in the towel and give up. However, the health and life of our little boy is simply too important, and really, giving up was never an option. For as long as the recovery takes, we will be with him every step of the way. Now, they wrote that eight weeks after starting GAPS. Hmm. And already his tantrums and everything had gone way down. So, doctor, never give up on your child. Yeah. So, saying that, I want to read um, real quickly. Not read. I'm just going to tell you. I, I I I'm so frustrated, and this is the forbidden information we're trying to get out. When they say there's no cure for autism, and all we can do is this ABA Applied Behavioral ab- Adaptation, or yes, I think that's something about like it. that. That's all we can do is we can just do rote exercises over and over and over again. This is how you look in my eyes. This is how you put stuff in the garbage. This is how you, you know, walk quietly. This is how you do this and you do it over and over and over. The ABA that Dr. McBride teaches, the ABA she teaches is to reward them. Even with one little sip of this broth to reward them, to reward that positive behavior. Right, and I was co- I'm quoting from I'm quoting from that article talked to the, where the school where they have the school for the children right. they go to. Okay, and it's it's a twenty thousand dollars school. Just just FYI, 
Yeah. So Dr. Natasha's own story with her son, her son was completely nonverbal, had no speech. Right here in the article, I will attach, says, because our boy had no speech and his understanding of language was very questionable. She said, official medicine had nothing to offer. On the contrary, it is hell-bent on convincing you that there is nothing you can do and that any other option is quackery. So she went back and got a master's of science degree in human nutrition, and she completely cured her son. In this article, she said, there are no traces of autism in our son now. He's leading a normal life. He is doing well at school and started playing rugby on a school team. His digestive system works like a clock now. So he's now, we, this was written quite a few years ago. He was just 13 when we, when, um, we went to the Certified GATS Practitioner Training last November where I spoke at that they, she said he just graduated from high school, has a girlfriend, yes. um, perfectly normal, doing everything, looking to go into college. So when they say there is no cure, that, that you know, that is... Oh, I, listen, a, I live with you, Mary. I know what happens when you hear it on TV or you see it on the little ticker going across the bottom of the screen or you see some newspaper Talk article. about quackery. And, I, and you just stand up and you stomp around. And I kind of get out of your way because I can see the <laughs> anger fuming in you when they say there's no cure. Yeah, I'd like to quote Dr. Royal Lee, which he said back in 1950-something. I didn't write the date down, but I think that's when it was. He said, candy, all white sugar or its products, and white flour, including its products such as macaroni, spaghetti, crackers, etc., should be absolutely barred from the diet of, of the child. All these energy-producing foods that contain no building matters for the body. These are all energy-producing foods that contain no building mat materials for the body. Yeah. They're energy-producing. That's why we kind of give it to them, because it satisfies parts of the brain. That's why we eat it. And, it gives us instant give, energy. Yeah, but the thing is, we don't just eat food for energy. We eat food for rebuilding and strengthening, and we eat food for immune strength. We eat foods to keep the muscles strong and the bones strong. We don't just eat food because we're hungry, and then we want to eat the right stuff. Yeah. So when you give them things that give them energy, like candy, like spaghetti, like crackers, like macaroni and white flour and all the sugar and all the hellish products that go with it, you're giving them easily accessed energy from that food. That food in a matter of seconds is being converted into energy. So it keeps them going, keeps them pumped up. Well, you know, one thing that I, I like to watch golf from time to time. And every now and then, um, they don't necessarily play it up in the news broadcast, but you'll see a, a golfer pull out an energy bar or pull out a candy bar or something like that and take a few bites of it and put it back in his bag while they're walking down the fairway. Or because, before a race, an athlete before a race will well, carb up. Carb up because it's loading up on energy. But those foods do not produce the building blocks to keep the body healthy. It's just a short exchange of energy. So that leads us into the third leading cause of death. Oh, yeah. The that was, third that leading cause yeah, of death. Well, that was a, you know, that's kind of the first title, <laughs> the first of the title. But let me get into that. And I, I want to talk about this a minute because the thing that, uh, for years on the talk show, you know, you and I did a talk radio program for over 20 years in the Salt Lake City area. This last week was the first anniversary of being off that show. 
And uh, last week, there was this article that came out in the news that the third leading cause of death in America was uh, medical treatment. And people are always saying, you know, it's the best in the world. And, you know, when we, we've got to do something about national health care because people are being denied treatment and we've got to take better care of our citizens. And, and I think a more accurate statement based on those statistics that came out would be, let's force more Americans to die in the hands of doctors. <laughs> because this is, this is crazy. You know, the, the, the mind-boggling so <laughs> number... Well, I just said it. The, the mind-boggling number of deaths every year from medical doctors is, is unbelievable. If Sears' break department was killing 10 people a year, you'd hear about it. If, if a major toothpaste manufacturer was making toothpaste that two people ended up getting cancer of the mouth from that toothpaste, you'd hear about it. Yeah, even now, if it was down the road. I'm going to give you statistics from a report that was published in the Journal of the American Medical Association, but I'm not going to give you the date till I give you the statistics. And this is, you know, it was published in JAMA under the title, Is U.S. Healthcare Really the Best in the World? And then I'm quoting from the article. Every year in the U.S. there are 12,000 deaths from unnecessary surgeries. And in 19, or 2002, my mother was one of those. Mm. 7,000 deaths from medication errors in the hospital. Uh, what happened to uh, Mrs. Jones here? Well, I gave her, the, well, you weren't supposed to give her that. You're supposed to give her this. How's she responding? Well, she passed away a few minutes ago. Those kinds of things. Yeah, not like, oh, did you give her Livaplex instead of yes. instead of Catalan? Yeah. Oh, well. You gave her vitamin D instead of vitamin C? No. <laughs> 7,000 deaths from medication errors. 20,000 deaths from other errors in the hospital. Now, think about that. Uh, you know. That's three times <laughs> the number of deaths from medication errors. What are the other kinds of errors? I don't errors? know. They slipped you and fell in it, the bathroom? Yes, you left him in the whirlpool above his head. How long? He was paralyzed. You know. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Maybe it was the cafeteria food. 80,000 deaths from infections acquired in the hospitals. Oof. And then 106, this is the biggie, 106,000 deaths from FDA-approved, correctly prescribed medicines. Well, what happened to Mrs. Brown here? Well, she passed away. Well, let me see her chart. Yeah, you did it. Yeah, yeah, I did this. Did you do it? Yeah, did you give her this? Yeah. Well, that's that's, that's what, the standard of care. For well, that. I, I guess I guess she just died of natural causes. Yep. No, she's only twenty one, Doc. <laughs> well. <laughs> you know, well, she did everything I said she was supposed to do. So I don't know why she died. So there's two. There's one hundred and six thousand of those. That comes to two hundred and twenty five thousand. That's two and a quarter million people every ten years. Now, there's several other statisticians and medical anthologists and others who say, no, 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 no. It's not 225,000 a year. It's more like 750,000 a year. You're leaving out, and they, they mentioned several other categories. But I'll just go with the 225,000 a year. Now, that report was printed in JAMA July 26th, 2000. 16 years ago. 16 years ago, medical doctors were considered the third cause of death. And the news that just came out two weeks ago said, ah, 
medical doctors are now considered the third cause. 16 years later. Oh, I thought they were, it was fourth, and they moved up to third. It was fourth before 2000. Oh. For about a decade. Oh. Then they moved up to third 16 years ago, they're and they're still, still third? a third because they're behind cancer and heart disease. Which, however, uh, however, I'm going to just go out on the ice a little bit here. Heart disease, about 600,000 a year. Cancer, about 500,000 a year. But there are medical anthologists, reporters who've researched this stuff that say medicine is 750,000. Actually, medicine is the number one cause of really? death. If you add so that's all a great the... claim. Where's the... Now, but I, I think they would be complaining that they're only third when they should be number one here. Mm. Now I'm being a little facetious. But, but still, uh, number third, you know, yeah. that's pretty... Yeah, they Give just, them a gold star for we'll, that. We'll yeah. try harder in 2017. <laughs> you know, and these, these numbers, you know, I failed to mention on that chart where we had the apple, the liver, and the broccoli, and the, the amount of nutrition in each one of those foods. Right. They upped the vegetables, the fruit and the vegetable, four times. In other words, what they figured was in the apple, yeah. they upped it four times. I don't understand. How could they up what was in the apple? They, the, the number, the statistical number. Here, let me read what she said here. The conversion factor used has overestimated the value of fruit and vegetables by a factor of four. So the number that was in the chart was four times more than what it really is? Yeah. Oh. So when they say vitamin A had seven international units, liver had 10,000, and broccoli had 261, the, the apple, apple and, the and the broccoli was way too high. Yeah. Was... Yeah. Wow. Well, this is this mind. So eat liver. This mind-boggling number every year. Uh, you know, so how can, when you, see a, when you see a situation where there are more and more drugs, you know, I mean, there's always going to be adverse effects with these drugs because 106,000 of them were correctly prescribed medications. The fact is that more and more of these um, unsafe drugs are being approved all the time. All you have to do is watch the morning news program, like CNN. The early morning CNN, up until the time when they figure mom and dad have left for work. Mm -hmm. After that, commercials get rather benign. and The Tide commercials. Yeah, that, you, know, <laughs> and, you know, and maybe you want a Corolla instead of a big 3,500-million-pound truck pickup thing to pull your house as big as a boat or whatever, a boat as big as a house. Those, those commercials start. Up till that, they're medication. And I was watching this the other day from about, I would say, like from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Uh, every other commercial, every third commercial is medicine, and there's more and more of them showing up I have never even heard of before. Yeah, brand new ones. And when I consult with a new patient during the week, I ask them, well, what meds are you on? And sometimes they'll bring a list ahead of time. Uh, sometimes they have to pull it out of their purse. Sometimes they try to remember. But, you know, I, I'm usually familiar with those, but these things that are coming across the TV screen, I never even heard of. And so people, you know, they, they will attribute to the fact that the pharmaceutical industry is, at least for the last probably two decades, they're, they're required to pay the FDA for the reviews of its new drugs. In fact, I think the minimum now is about $100 million. They'll take $100 million from the time somebody puts a formula together in a laboratory through all the testing and everything else 
to satisfy the FDA to finally get it on the market. Just eat liver. Yeah, well, but that puts the FDA in the very untenable position of working for the industry that it's supposed to be regulating. Mm. Uh, There's something wrong here. And there's a large amount of medical literature on this. I mean, this isn't, you know, and so is this an indictment of the pharmaceutical industry or an indictment of the FDA or what? Well, it's an indictment of the entire U.S. healthcare industry, I think. Insurance companies, specialty, disease-oriented, medical academia, the pharmaceutical, the device manufacturing industries, all of these, if I were to put them under one category, would probably be the largest industry in America, even probably larger than the energy industry, the fuel industry. And the amount of money that they are able to contribute to congressmen and senators for their re-election campaigns is, is staggering. I saw a statistic once about how many, 100,000 or 150,000 lobbyists on K Street in Washington, and a third of them are in the medical industry, constantly taking congressmen to lunch, to dinner, well, here's the new drug, and here's why we need this extra money, and here's why we want to make sure nobody's out there promoting vitamin C. We went to a seminar yesterday, Standard Process Sponsored Seminar, and do you know that the clinical guide that we have relied on for, what, 14 years, yeah, longer, 14 years, that yeah. tells us, you know, here's Livaplex that has liver in it, and my goodness, here's what it does, although, you know, the normal person out there can't read that. That's the book I've talked about quite a bit, that we're hoping to bring this forbidden information out to the world yes. very soon, mind you. That book, Standard Process cannot give it to their clinicians anymore. It is ill... They cannot print yeah, it. The they FDA, can't update it. The FDA, they can't do anything. Yeah. And then we learned yesterday that the the articles, the medically published articles, published in medical journals that Standard Process used to give out with, for instance, here's one, um, the Cruciferous Complete is a product that Standard Process produces. It's cruciferous vegetables, cold processed, just beautifully helpful with your liver to take it through phase two of liver detox. And there's an article that they would you could order from Standard Process that was done not by Standard Process, an independent study that took women that had had breast cancer, if they took three of these cruciferous complete a day, it dropped their chances of getting breast cancer again by 500%. Okay, that's one article. He showed us a whole bunch yesterday. He said they just stopped Standard Process from, uh, they cannot publish these articles anymore. You can't get them from standard See, process. the war is on. The war is on by the medical industry, the pharmaceutical industry, and the FDA that exist to protect the pharmaceutical industry, yes, because not us. That- the war is on against alternative medicine because there is too much money being spent by the citizens of this country for fruits and vegetables and good meats and good dairy and good fish and instead of their antibiotics. You know, last week we did the part two on our cancer um, podcast. Yes. And in the notes, I gave the Forbidden Doctors Cancer Protocol. And there's supplements and there's good things to do and hyperbolic chambers and acupuncture, you know, these crazy things, along with a really good meal plan and, you know, stuff like that. That's in the show notes, and that's the kind of stuff they want to stop. And, and that protocol isn't cheap, let me tell you. No, it isn't. That's not cheap. Somebody called up the other day. We, we, we did a lady, and her protocol was $1,000, I think, and the husband called up 
furious. Of course, he wasn't there at the appointment. Furious. I mean, beyond livid. Said that standard process is a joke. And the bio-meridian uh, was, was uh, quackery. Yeah, the bio-meridian was quackery. Even though the FDA says, no, this is a pretty sound piece of equipment. Well, it's a you class two medical it. device. Right. It's, it's certified by the FDA. FDA yeah. But even still, he was livid for $1,000, which, you know, I mean, my mouth dropped open. I'm like, do you know what this would cost if she gets cancer yeah. or if she gets diabetes or rheumatoid arthritis or dementia or whatever? Do you do you understand? I mean, what's the price on a on a on a body? What we're trying to do, though, is prevent it right. from happening. Of course, we often get people that are often already sick, and we try to backtrack and get their gut healthy, and we just support them nutritionally. We don't treat anything, any of those things I just mentioned. We don't treat. We just support them emotion. Um, nutritionally <laughs> and emotionally and emotionally, <laughs> as I did that poor lady with her autistic child. Yes. So, so isn't that stunning that that, that, well, that's, that, that's the power of that industry. This report and the things that led up to this report that I just cited here, Dr. Starfield back in JAMA in 2000 has been around for 16 years. This information, I mean, she has changed the perception of the medical landscape forever and the, and the reports that have come out since then have underscored her number. She should be awarded a, she? a degree, Dr. Starfield, oh, the one that? who did this study in oh. the JAMA. Okay, sorry. That, that would, by comparison, I think, make a considerable list of all her other awards just pale in that light. I mean, significant, swift action, I think, should be taken to punish the perpetrators of these crimes and reform the system from its foundations. This needs to be done because nutrition, which is the cornerstone of good health, is ignored and even devalued. It's criminalized. By most p physicians. It's criminalized as quackery. It's, and meanwhile, the FDA is going to continue to attack nutritional supplements, even though the overall safety record of concentrated broccoli and concentrated <laughs> kale liver. and concentrated liver, <laughs> you know, of these is superb. Whereas once again, as of this report two weeks ago, Medical drugs the FDA certifies are safe, are killing 106,000 Americans every year. You I know, mean, we're I... talking about crime here, Mary. Let me just finish this thought. Okay. We're talking about crime here on the scale of Holocaust and genocide. I mean, you, you, and look at the front runners of the presidential election right now in May of 2016. Neither one of them, or I should say neither of the three, is it will mention the truth when it comes to this stuff. They stay completely away from alternative health care. Now, Trump has mentioned a few things about that he thinks there's problems with vaccinations, and I commend him for that. But you're not seeing the Democratic opponents saying anything about that. And they sail on into the nominating conventions, and they're going to argue about issues on which both sides really, for the nine out of ten things, basically agree they play the left-right paradigm like a harp. They practice the art of sounding sin sincere, and they drag us into this, this uh, medical collectivist, future murderous medical care that's going to be required from everybody from cradle to grave. And but, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I'm getting a little upset about this. You deal with this every day to more than I do because of all the texting you're doing. I deal with this every day with my patients, and I see them harmed, literally harmed, by what they're prescribed to take. But they're not going to change. They, I think this is, this is where the conclusion I come to. I think 
These older people have to just die off. These are of the generation. Well, what do you mean these older people? Your parents are older people. Mm-hmm. My parents and that's are older the, people. the older people because they're not going to change. These are the generation where antibiotics came in and saved thousands of lives. Which it did in it World did. War II and it did. Korean War. And they, they completely forgot the probiotics on the other end. They, they, Very good They point. just look for Very the good. magic pill. Yeah. They compl- and because it was so comforting, because it was so incredible to save your, your son from death, that they, com- they, 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 they set the medical society up as a, a god, a mythical god up in Mount Olympia. And I truly think that they have to die off before, because this now, this generation now, their kids are dying before they are dying. Yes. This is the first time in life that the children are dying before their parents of horrible diseases. In our opinion, preventable diseases. Preventable. Yeah. So they're going to listen because the pain will be too great. They're the ones that have had pounded into their heads the miracle pill, the war on cancer and the answer to cancer. You know, the, the one pill that you can take, the one injection you can take that will get rid of your psoriasis, that will get a room, your rheumatoid arthritis, that will get rid of your Parkinson's, the one magic pill, when it's thousands of nutritional elements that all come together through the superb display that our foods can give us that not only prevent this stuff, will reverse these diseases if people will pay attention to what their body yeah. really needs. And it's not easy. You know, the little kid that, you know, the, we just read the story about how difficult that was. Wouldn't it be better to have had the mother get healthy and get her microbiome healthy before Certainly. she got pregnant? Sure. Then, then after, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put a special thing in. It was on a, f- a podcast we did on autism months and months and months ago. I'm going to throw in the liver recipes for little children. That's a very good idea. Okay, I'll throw that handout in again. Yeah. Things you can give your children to go from the breast, you know, to... The solid foods. Oh, well, then, well now that you brought that up, we just need to get our, 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 our women, our, he- our mothers, our mothers-to-be healthy before they have children, get their gut healthy, then, then feed our children what they're supposed to get, meat, eggs, fish, and dairy, and spices, because the spices trigger the digestion, and supplement with foods that they cannot get into their diet. But if, you know, if they're here already and they're not healthy then you need to go to the website and at the very top of the website, click on GAPS. Yeah. I would also suggest listening to podcasts 4 and 28. Yeah, 4 is. Um, there's another one. Intro to the Gut was 4, and then 28 was a uh, was a uh, another uh, podcast on GAPS. Yeah, we did another one that was really good on GAPS, but we didn't call it GAPS and... Well, just go listen to them all. They're yeah. All- <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, number 17 is the forbidden autism cure. And that's the one where I have the handout. All so right. we, you could just go to that one. If I forget to put it on this one, hopefully I won't. But we talked about um, a really good GAPS one. And one of our nutritionists in our office was really upset that we didn't label it GAPS. Yeah. Um, grains. No, that's not it. Oh, well. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember what it is. I want to make a free offer here. We're at the end of the show. I want to make a free offer, but I don't know if I really want to do this because we're getting backed up. I know. I had a bunch of them I had to fill out the other day. I've got a bunch of them waiting for you tomorrow, let alone a brand new day with all these patients. Well, then let's, well, let's start it with this. Please don't do this unless you're really serious 
about very good about That's... following the recommendations or you're at your wits end or you've been everywhere All right. and you can't get better. We're making a free offer here for those who are the serious ones out there who really want to know something about their bodies. Yeah, not just to be curious. And what we recommend, not, not just to Please. satisfy curiosity. Later on when we've got some more staff hired... You can we'll satisfy your curiosity, but right now this is just for those who really want to know how your what's going on with your body, how it's performing for you. We'll send you a, a personalized supplement recommendation if you just go to forbiddendoctor.com/survey and fill out that survey and send it in. We'll get some information to you about what we suggest you should do. We we're offering it at no charge. Yeah, we were going to stop. We were, you know that's the way to filter it out. You charge people for this survey. And but I just don't feel comfortable doing yeah. that yet. Now, about another, I, I said we're going to do it by the end of April. Here it is, middle of May. Probably by the end of this month, we're going to start charging for it. So go to forbiddendoctor.com/survey. You take about a two hundred question survey. You also write some things in, a little bit more information about yourself. And then we send you back a personalized supplement protocol. And please don't have your husbands call us back and yell at us. <laughs> <laughs> These surveys are protected under HIPAA requirements. No one's going to see them except our nutritional staff and Mary and myself. And we'll respond to you. We'll, we'll get back to you. Where I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm close to ten days behind right now, but I'll try and catch up as quickly as I can. Okay. So just remember, get these mothers healthy before they get pregnant, during pregnancy, after pregnancy. Feed those children right. Give them fat and protein, yes. not carbs, and if they're already sick, then let's go do gaps. Let's get some good supplementation going on. And let's get rid of this autism that is going to be the plague because it's projected that one in two. By 2025. One in two will yeah. have autism. All right. With that happy note, <laughs> we'll see you next week. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Forbidden Doctor podcast with Dr. Jack and Mary Stockwell. It's our pleasure to join you on your health revolution and look forward to our quest for health together. Join us again next week for more health secrets and forbidden truths about self-healing. Until then, visit ForbiddenDoctor.com and enter your email to receive a special coupon for the Forbidden Doctor special scientific formula, our long life energy enzymes. This custom-made one-capsule supplement is created from the most concentrated energy-stimulating enzymes. For more information, be sure to head over to ForbiddenDoctor.com. These podcasts are provided for information only. The previous statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Nothing that was said is intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.